Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Welcome to the show on February 22nd, 2011. And we have got a lot of basketball to talk about, I guess. Well, the Knicks finally pulled the trigger on the Carmelo Anthony deal. Did they give up too much? What does it mean for them? Does Steve actually have to start watching basketball? We will talk about the Carmelo Anthony trade. And St. John's is back in the national conversation, which means that Cal's alma mater is playing basketball at a high level. It's exciting. We'll talk about St. John's big win over Pitt. And then the Mets, the Yankees, spring training. Hank Steinbrenner, keep talking. Terry Collins is a leprechaun. Looking for his lucky charms going field to field in Port St. Lucie. We'll talk about the Mets and the Yankees and Derek Jeter's mansion. And then we'll talk about the week that's coming up, the Oscars. Steve's very excited about those. And we will take your calls at 424-220-1817. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.30 p.m. We are Cal and Stampede, and we are ready to unload. And yellow. Yellow. Welcome to the show. My name is Steve San Pietro. I am one of your hosts. Along with my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in the album Sublime by oh. Hellcat Mag. Not at all accurate. Mr. Brian Calneva Caliente Calpino. Calvi. <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. What's up there, Cal? How you doing, pal? I'm good, Steve. Steve, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we haven't talked in 214 years. Well... We we've talked more recent than that, but not not this way, not in this medium, not in this way. We're back doing the show. It is February twenty second, two thousand and eleven. Ready to unload is back. We are taking your calls. We are uh, talking sports with you, not at you. All these sorts of things. And let's welcome in uh, the third wheel, the ying to our double yang, the baba buoy fafa flunky. The master of all things stats, Dr. Evan Raymond Eisenberg. Dr. E-Ray Stat, what's up, pal? Mellow. <laughs> ah. Oh, kinky. See what you just did there? I see what you did there. Very nice. How are I, you, Dr. E-Ray? I got mellow on the brain. Good to be back on the air, guys. You are, uh, you are completely mellow. They call him Mellow Yellow. There you go. Uh, Dr. Ray, quick question. How is Papa Freddy? He's doing well. Thanks for asking. Excellent. Papa Freddy, a friend of the podcast, a RTUer, part of the RTU army, was a little under the weather. We are happy to hear that he is doing, he is his back to his craggy self. And he must be very excited about St. John's, Ev. 
Uh, he's pumped, as I would imagine Cal is. Yes, we will yeah, talk about a little bit. Uh, I want to talk to you boys about St. John's a little later uh, and their big win over Pitt. And did the guy step out of bounds? Did he step out of bounds? Yep. <laughs> no doubt about it. Absolutely. But Book it. Do you care? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> ten, it's been 10 years. Next question. Care. Next question. Uh, so I said good day, you- <laughs> Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen, the number to call, and uh, let's get right into it, fellas. Obviously, the big news here in New York: the Knicks finally pulled the trigger, trading a small village for Carmelo Anthony uh, to the Nuggets. I believe that uh, Trent Tucker was in this deal. I, they gave up everything. Uh, a lot Rory of Sparrow. Rory Sparrow was in the deal. Kenny Skywalker sent to the Denver Nuggets. Man. Uh, let's uh, seriously, guys. I want to get your takes on this. this. is a huge deal. Is this? It might be the biggest trade in Knicks franchise history, or one of them. And this is a franchise that's been around for a really long time. Ev, you're sort of like the Nick guy for us, or our Knicks guy. Uh, how do you feel about this trade? Did they give up too much? Did they absolutely have to make this trade? Give me your thoughts, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. Well, I think yes on both. I, I think you had to make this trade. I think they gave up a lot, but I don't think it really was too much. Here's the bottom line. The Knicks now have two guys who started in the All-Star game. Okay, they have In getting mellow, they have a guy that is a top-five player in the league. You know, when you, when you basically give up spare parts you know, to get a guy like that, it doesn't matter. You just have to go for it. And I guess most people who have a problem with this trade you know, will point out about – Gallinari, but maybe he would have turned to something. I've watched Gallinari play, and I, I'm not a fan of his, as you know from the show. Uh, I think he's a, good, a nice player. I don't think he'll ever would have been someone like Dirk uh, Nowitzki. I, I think he would have been a good player, and I think you got to take this trade here. What do, what do you think? Well, Ev, I, my, I got a question for you. I'm going to throw it right back at you. Who is the big man that's left after making all of these trades? Well, all of these trades, trading all of these players. You know, you've got Carmelo Anthony, you've got Amari Stoudemire, you've got Chauncey Billups, you've got Landry Fields. Who's the center? Well, obviously it's going to be Turiaf right now, but the reality is, is that it's going to probably be Stoudemire in the beginning. He played a lot of center for this team early on, um, and they'll probably go small, and that's what they're going to have to do right now. There's, there's no other way about You know, Turiaf gets hurt every game, game anyway. Um, that's a big weakness. But how many teams in this league play with a traditional center anyway? Two. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. No. Approximately. <laughs> Does Ronnie Turioff have to take a shower now as the starting center? Yes. I think he's going to have to – his hygiene is going to have to take a step up as well as his game. <laughs> no no uh, doubt about it. There's, there's and, two and things also, on The Cal, Cal ahead, point, though, about the big man is they gave up Mozgov. That's the only real traditional big man they gave up. And you know what? Right. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't done anything yet in this league. Oh, no, you're telling I me that, that he would have contributed in the next two years for sure? No, absolutely not. But I just, you know, I feel like they're exposed at the center position. They've got all they've they've got the top four great, but they could use a center. That's the only thing they I'm worried were, about. They were exposed before, is my point. They didn't do anything different. They traded away players that, um, you know, basically they, they they gave away Chandler. That's their best player in this trade that they gave away. But they replaced um, him with Carmelo right Anthony. Exactly. So you replace him with a player who's better, and then also you would have lost Chandler anyway, no doubt. 
Right. And you basically you give it up Gallinari. He's a guy that certainly can shoot, and that's about all he can do. And then you, you were thinking that at some point Mozgov would develop into a, a quality center, but that's not a sure thing. And you get back a guy who is a sure thing and is a top-five player. To me, there's, there's, there's a no-brainer. There's two ways that this sort of breaks down to me. Uh, one is the trade itself and how it goes down with Donnie Walsh and with uh, is Isaiah Thomas whispering in James Dolan's ears uh, or ear. Uh, you, you know, a, a, the the entire soap opera that was this Carmelo trade, the Nets getting involved, Prokhorov, you know, this went on for, what, three months. I mean, since the beginning, since the summer, really, it's gone on. And so there's the whole soap opera around how the trade actually got done. And then there's what it means for the team on the floor. So let's take it back a step, all right? Now, Ev, you and I were talking about this. Cal, you and I have both talked about this. Let's all talk about it together. Do we think that this means the end for Donnie Walsh? Do we think that Donnie Walsh um, is going to be asked to leave? Does this somehow usher Isaiah back into uh, the mix for the, for the Knicks? Well, if you heard um, Donnie Walsh on the fan today, I mean, basically he said he, he dispelled all rumors that he was being pushed out. I mean, he basically said he's on board from the very beginning, that there is there's no problem with communication going on in the front office. And actually, your point about the Nets, I, I want to bring up one other thing. How refreshing is it to see a, a team and, and the, the owner in Prokhorov basically say, yeah, we were trying to drive, drive up the price to screw the Knicks. I mean, that's fantastic stuff. Isn't that what it's all about? I mean, he, yeah, I think he, they kind of knew that they weren't going to get him, and they, and they said, let's try to milk the Knicks as much as possible here. That's fantastic. I don't think he, they even kind of knew they weren't going to get him. I think he came. I, I think he told them behind closed doors, there's no way he signs an extension. So yeah. I think they knew they weren't going to get him, and they continued to drive the price up, which, which is, is fantastic. I, I agree. No, I, I love it. He he is a perfect Russian villain. I mean, I mean, exactly. it, it's it's Rocky. He's Drago. Drago. I mean, I mean it's, it's if the Cold War, thankfully, is not still going on, but if it was, this guy's right out of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I mean, he's perfect. He's a perfect <laughs> villain. But you know, Cal, how much did Isaiah? Is he whispering in Jimmy Dolan's ears? You know, you always get nervous. And I, I, Ev, I heard Donnie Walsh, and I, I agree with you. But Donnie Walsh can say that till he's blue in the face. You know, now that the deal is done. Which he might he be right say, now. I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's stepping on his oxygen cord, uh, his oxygen tube. Uh, that's terrible. Terrible. Mar Marlboro, Donnie Walsh. Um, but Isaiah supposedly is whispering in, in Jim Dolan's ear or whatever. And I like the way Lupica put it today. You know, Jim Dolan acts as if he's still got a big poster of Isaiah up over his bed. Uh <laughs> You know, that might not be far off. That might not be. That might not be uh, not accurate. But you know, how much does Cal is he in there? Is he whispering in his in his ear, or was this such a no brainer of a trade? It didn't make a difference. It just took them a while to get there. Well, it's a no brainer of a trade for sure. But I think there's two issues. Number one, it's a no brainer of a trade. Number two, he is still in James Dolan's ear. Obviously, you know, I that that cord has never been cut from Isaiah Thomas, and what I fear, and you know, they talked about it today on the fan a lot, and today's not really the day to fear this, but in the back of my mind, I think to myself, they made this trade, and now Dolan feels like he's got carte blanche, he brought Carmelo in, he can now smooth the transition to Isaiah, because he brought Carmelo in, that's the, that's the one thing I would be concerned with here. But you can't bring Isaiah Thomas back to this team, Cal. You can't. I, of course not. 
Of course not. But when? But when has Jim Dolan ever proven that that he knows what he's doing? <laughs> not 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 once. I'm sorry. His guitar licks aren't even that good. And uh, J- Jimmy and the what's the name of his band? The, the JD in the straight shot. JD in the straight shot. Not good. Uh, he doesn't even play tasty licks. Not even a good name for a band. <laughs> it's a terrible name for a band. You know, you would think with all that money, you could, you know, hire somebody to come up with a good band name. God. Uh, the uh, I I feel like they had to make this trade. The way it went down, the way the price was driven up on them, uh, was going to happen. But it also concerns me now. The Matter of an extension. Does Donnie Walsh still being here? Like, does Carmelo come here and say, Isaiah is going to be back? I relate to Isaiah. He's, he's the one who's telling me I should go to New York. And I want Donnie Walsh out. You know, I mean, players do this, especially in the NBA. I mean, we just saw it with Jerry Sloan. Oh, yeah. You know, where they have, uh, a, lot of, I, I they have a lot of pull. Like, is it possible that there's a coup d'etat with Isaiah Thomas waiting in the wings? Hey, this is this is uh, is this conspiracy theory uh, coming back here? <laughs> that was my best Oliver Stone. I, that was my quote. I from, just can't, uh, I can't, AFK. I can't imagine that that that's what's going on. I, I think the whole Isaiah thing is is blown out of proportion a little bit. There's no doubt he's got Dolan's ear. Uh, until the day it happens, and this I may make this show very dated in a second here uh, on <laughs> on the replay if, if he gets fired <laughs> tomorrow. But um, I just don't – until it happens, I'm not going to believe it. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Walsh is going to be there for a little while. Um, and I think that uh, – I can't recall the name of the of the guy they got from Denver behind the scenes, um, uh, who was, was like uh, apparently the guy who was going to ease the transition for Carmelo in New York. Um, I, th- I think he may be the guy that might step in later on uh, if, if, if Walsh does go. Okay. Well, I I think that's fair, Ab. I think a lot of the Isaiah stuff is blown out of proportion because it makes for good copy, uh, certainly. But knowing how Jim Dolan has really been clown school, one can you can you trust him, Steve? Right. I I I don't. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And with my bad knee, I shouldn't throw anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Much like Ed Rooney. Uh, Seriously, I I you don't trust a word that comes out of the guy's mouth. The Here's the thing of it for me, guys. I feel like Donnie Walsh, who was brought in here to clean up the ridiculous mess that Isaiah left, has done just that. And he cleaned it up to the point where they could get Amari Stoudemire last summer and had the chips and the pieces to get Carmelo Anthony yesterday. So for him to be pushed out now would really be... Because you don't want Isaiah building this team around Stoudemire and uh, Carmelo. You certainly don't want him coaching it. So I, I feel like Donnie Walsh needs to be there for another year or two to see this thing through. The guy I don't think should be there for another year or two is the coach. Oh. Oh, I said it. I done did I done did said it. Well, let's explore this now. Well, I just – I look, they brought in Chauncey Billups to play the point, right? Ev, you'll be able to and, – and Cal, you as well. You guys will be able to speak to this a little better than I – can you know we'll talk about the fact that NBA is my fourth favorite sport but and I make no secret of that but you know they brought in Chauncey Billups to play the point from everything I read uh, he is not at all a fit for uh, Mike D'Antoni's system uh, for the run and gun uh, you know the fast break offense that he wants to run so he's not a point guard that works and well, I, I would it's definitely long been say debated that 
whether his system, I'm sorry, it's long been debated whether his system could ever win a championship anyway. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if we can say that he can't function in the system. I don't think it's his strong suit. He's more of a, a uh, you know, a half-court type of point guard. Um, I do agree with the fact that they traded Felton because even though Felton's been fantastic, uh, I think it's a classic sell-high maneuver. You know, um, you know, he this is about as high as his value is going to be. And if that, they wanted him, fine. You get back a point guard that has more experience. And if you do make the playoffs this year, I mean, he's known as Big Shot Billups or whatever the hell they call him. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a big game player. JD in the straight shot, Phillips. Yeah, that's his new name. <laughs> that, would be, that would be a great, great name. Wouldn't that be a great name for a band, like for a TV show, like a nine hundred two one zero like episode? <laughs> JD in the straight shot. They're playing yeah. at the Peach Pit tonight. That's right. Exactly. Right. Right after. Uh, uh, oh, Col- color me bad. bad. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say. Uh, Tangerine, what's the band? I can never remember their name. Oh, um, Flaming Lips. Flaming Lips. Who somehow, you know, came out with a ridiculously serious album after that. Fantastic album, and we're somehow on 90210. Anyway, uh, at playing at the Peach Pit after dark, let's be honest. Right. Was there another kind? Was there a better Peach Pit? Did you no. like Peach Pit during the day when Nat was there, or the Peach Pit after dark when Tiffany Amber Thiessen was slinking around? It was fun during the day. What, with Nat? Why not? Hey, Nat. You know, you go in after school, get a couple burgers. Joey Tata. Share a pop with someone. <laughs> right. Joe, well, he was listening to all your problems, too, Cal, which was nice. Right. He's like a bartender for teenagers. Exactly. Yeah, he's That's a right. bartender. And, exactly. <laughs> and Brandon worked there. And he worked there, of course. That's he, how they got all their food. Where he had his gambling problem. <laughs> anyway, back to the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call here. Um, now, so that's the first part of it. The way the trade went down. Now, officially, uh, I, and I made a joke before about Trent Tucker being involved in this deal, but this was Gallinari, Mozgov, uh, Wilson Chandler, Wilson Chandler. Who, who is going to be a restricted free agent anyway? Correct. Right. Uh, is, he, is he restricted or unrestricted? I don't think he was unrestricted. I thought he was a restricted free agent. I thought he was like a matching offer sheet guy. Gotcha. Um, Chandler. Felton. Eddie Curry's 367 pounds of expiring contract. Well, that's a separate That's a separate part of it. That yep. went to Minnesota. Yeah, that Curry and Minnesota. Randolph went to right. Minnesota. Uh, for a first, which they th- – that was a 2014 first. Is that correct? It's no, they got back Corey Brewer, and that was basically to make the salary cap space work. I see. That's yeah, the, the, their 2014 first-round draft pick went to the Nuggets. That's it, right. But the, the, I'm saying the Knicks acquired that and then sent it to the Nuggets, correct? No, the right. Knicks the Knicks have Corey Brewer right now, and they and they sent their own 2014 uh, first-round pick to Denver. I see. I see. Okay, so Corey Brewer's back in the fold. Corey Brewer is a member well, of the Knicks. He's not expected to stay for long, apparently. They're, they're talking about moving him. I and mean, Brewer was a guy that, if you remember, who was, a, I think, a top-ten pick out of Florida. Who everyone yes. loved him during the workouts because he was so athletic and, and has yet to prove he could score in the NBA. He really only can defend and is a high-energy guy, which, incidentally, they got back Ronaldo Balkman does about the same thing. So you're telling me that they got uh, – yes, they did get Roe Balkman back. Uh, but you're telling me that, that uh, Brewer, all he does is defend and he's a high-energy guy and they're going to get rid of him? 
Could, yeah, could, I mean, they use, couldn't they use one guy like that on the team? I mean, I, mean, I guess so. I mean, it, it, they it, played it, no you defense. send him someplace and maybe maybe get back a pick because they, they also gave up a couple of second round picks also. So they their picks are a little bit depleted right now as well, they have they, been for the past decade. Ev, could they use him in a in a deal for a big man? I'm I'm going to harp on the big man again because uh, tonight you see word that Donnie Walsh is is feverish, feverishly trying to make a deal before the deadline on Thursday. Um, some of the names I've seen are Marcus Camby coming back. Uh, Samuel Dallembert coming back. Um, Sam Dam. Sam Sam Dam. Could they use uh, Brewer in a trade for one of those guys, maybe? Or does he not? Does he not have the value? I'm, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. But I, I mean, there's not a lot of big guys out there. I mean, certainly, certainly, Canby would be fantastic. But I don't know if they can take him back. He's got a big contract too, doesn't he? He does. That there's Clarence Clemens too. There's the big man. <laughs> Uh, he keeps saying big man, and I think of Clarence Clemens. I'm sorry. Um, he's, the, he's the big man. He is the big man. Uh, I would love to see them get Camby back. I love Camby. And and also, speaking of, plays a lick of defense. Because that's all I heard all day today was, you know, naysayers of this tr- – naysayers? Really? No. That's not right. Uh, yeah. No, that's right. Okay. Fine. We'll go with it. Naysayers on this trade were saying that, well, they they don't play defense, so they got two good scores, so what? You know, how are they going to win? They didn't play defense last week. You know, it's not like that's suddenly going to change. Like, they gave away uh, Scottie Pippen you know, right, he, he, or some other great defensive player. Now, Steve, the big question here, what the world is dying to know. Wow. The world's listening? Anybody who's listening is dying to know this. That's a lot of pressure. Steve, will you watch the Knicks game tomorrow night? Wow. Uh, that's really what it all comes down to, right? Well, that yeah. I mean, all this Knicks-Carmelo talk, what everybody wants to know is what I will be doing. That's what, <laughs> that's will, is what you're doing? <laughs> is what I will be, if I will be watching the Knicks now. Listen, Peter Vesey is listening right now. Is uh, Hank Isola? Frank Isola. Hank Isola. <laughs> Hank Isola is listening too. <laughs> He's writing a blog somewhere. Frank Isola is listening. Well, Frank, here's the deal. Ahmad uh, Rashad it, is listening. Is Felicia Rashad listening? No. No. Uh, she's in in uh, Grapes of Wrath. She's in Raisin in the Sun. Um, I will be watching tomorrow night. Ding 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 ding. Woo woo woo. No, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, uh, color me curious. Well, how, can, how could any, any casual fan not be intrigued at this point? Hey, look, th- there was a time uh, in the, you know, the late '90s when they made the run with L.J. and Latrell Sprewell, and uh, I was super into the Knicks. I would go down a, a bar down on uh, in Alphabet City before it was all cleaned up, and I would go on, on Avenue B or Avenue A and Seventh. And there was a great Nick bar, and I went down there for the whole playoffs. I mean, I was into it. I can get into basketball. But the, you know, the, the, they've killed me. The Knicks have killed me for 10 years, and then Isaiah is such a despicable character. They've turned me off to it. But he's not here now, so let's try not to think about him right now. I feel like he's still here. He's not. All right. Then he's I'm not. watching tomorrow night. I want to see what, you know, they have the... the Two of the top ten players, in, and I don't agree Carmelo Anthony is a top five player, Ev. Sorry. Uh, they have two of the top ten players, top 12 players in the NBA. You know, when have I seen that? 
You know, how about never? How about never? Because they never had anybody with Patrick Ewing. They never had the second guy for Ewing. So, never. You know, all right. And they kept Landry Fields. I like Landry Fields quite a bit. Everybody likes Landry Fields. So I'm in. But does this? But here's the question I would ask of you guys: Does this make them a better team? They they're supposedly going to make the playoffs, right? They're two games over 500. There's about what less than 30 games to go because the NBA decides to take its All Star break like 60 games into the season. <laughs> All right, so there's like 25 games to go. They're 28 and 26 or something like that. Or, or, or uh, They're two games over 500. So they're going to make the playoffs in the East because you can be 10 games under 500 to make the playoffs in the East. And uh, do they get out of the first round now? That's my question to you guys. I think it depends on the matchup. I think it depends on who they match up with in the first Let's round. Let's say there are six. Who's the three in that equation? Um, the Bulls? Right, right now the Bulls, yeah. They do they do or do they need to go get a Marcus Camby? I, I, I you know, I'm I'm asking you guys. You, you Ev, you've watched him a ton. You know how to? Yeah, how listen, did, I, I think I think any time you have, any time you have uh, a player like Carmelo and Stoudemire on the same team, um, you're dangerous in the first round. That's just the bottom line. I think that, it, and and even a guy like Phillips. I think they could beat the, the Bulls. I don't think they can beat a team like the Celtics or the Heat or probably even the Magic just because they, they don't match up with Dwight Howard well. Um, I think they could beat any other team on a, in, a, in a series. There's no doubt about it in my mind. And I think they make the playoffs. I think they're a better team. I think that you're also going to see that they're going to struggle just like the Heat did in the beginning of the year for the first you know 10 games or so and then hopefully catch okay. a groove. Okay. Cal, what do you think? I Well, I, they're certainly not worse than they were yesterday. <laughs> Well, no, I'm. Well, that's the thing. Anybody, anybody that wants to, I'm, I'm not trying to beat the season. Wow, that was boy, talk about backdooring it. It just came out the wrong way. Listen, <laughs> everybody that wants to make a big deal about who they gave up, they didn't. Ev is right. They didn't give up a lot in this trade. They gave up a lot of. They gave up a, a lot of quantity in this deal. They gave up a lot of bodies. You know, they gave up four fifths of their starting lineup, but it wasn't. I mean, you weren't giving up any all-stars in this trade. So who they brought, they brought back Billups, who's arguably better than Felton. You know, they put Landry Fields in the starting lineup now. You've got Carmelo Anthony and Amari Amar Steinemeyer, the two of the ten, top ten players in the game. You you can make a case that they are better than they were before this trade, and I can see them winning a, a first round. All right. I, I mean, I think they're definitely better, too, from, you know, my admitted limited knowledge of the current NBA. Uh, you know, but having watched Carmelo over the years and knowing what a fantastic offensive player he is, don't you guys feel like Carmelo Anthony? I mean, I remember watching him in college at Syracuse. Don't you feel like he should be better right now? Don't you feel like he should be a better all-around player? And he just kind yeah, of he, is a little yeah, roly-poly and doesn't give a crap. Yeah, but he's in Denver. He's in the Western Conference. You don't see a lot of him. Um, I think that most people would say that he's in the top three in a, as an offensive player in this league, and there's there's no doubt about that. Top three? Yeah, you heard me. Offensive player. Offensive I, I, player. Even player. top three? I, so you're taking him over Dwayne Wade? I'm taking him. That's a good. You know, I, listen. That's a debate you can go into. I think it's close. Top five is what I'll then I'll amend it to. <laughs> all right, that's fair. No, I, 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 he's a wonderful offensive player. I feel like he should be a better all-around player. Francesa said it today, and, and I sort of agree with him. I think he should be a better all-around player. I think maybe maybe he needs motivation. Maybe he needs a bigger stage. Maybe this is well, precisely what he place. needs. 
He's in the wrong place for defensive motivation, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, speaking of which, how long does uh, Coach D keep his job? Oh, he's going he's gonna to keep his job. They're not going to get rid of him through this year, Cal. But you've you got to look at, depending on what they do. I mean, if they have a first-round exit, they're not going to get rid of him. No, they're not going to get rid of him. Why? Why wouldn't they? Because they, you're, you're going to give him 20 games of Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, and then if he loses in the first round, you're going to get rid of him? It's an entire, but they, they're, he they're, gets at least next year. Oh, man, really? At least. Unless Isaiah Thomas comes back. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't think he... Wow. Maybe. I, I, also don't, I don't know. I also don't think... I, also, I mean, I also think he deserves another shot. He deserves more time with, with Carmelo and, and Amari Stoudemire. But this goes back to the initial thing with this guy. What has he ever proven? What has he ever won? I mean, he had the best point guard in the game in Nash. He had Stoudemire at the peak of his... What has he ever won? What has his system ever won? I don't know if well, he, he hasn't won any. He hasn't won a lot in the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. But he has won a lot of games, and you're right. Um, he hasn't won anything legit. But the bottom line is that he he put his time in and deserves to finish the season with this team, unless they co- completely collapse and don't make the playoffs. But and then and then if you know next year he gets you know I'd say 25 games, and if they start off terrible, then he's out. That's uh, that's fair. I I just my, my all right. I give it that. Yeah, my feeling with this guy though is that even when they hired. Uh, Dan Tony, you know, it was questionable at the time. It was like, what has this guy ever won? A and B, is his system going to work here? Uh, and, and is that run and gun ever going to work? And now he's got a half court player. He's got two actually in Billups, but Billups you don't figure is long for this world uh, or for this Nick world. This world. <laughs> wow, I went a little bit. Sorry, Chauncey. <laughs> All the <sick>? love. <laughs> Did they say he passes physical? <laughs> oh boy! Um, but uh, <laughs> he's got two half court, you know, players that are used to a half court offense. I, I don't know. I, I have to see how it's going to work. Overall, though, guys, wrapping up on the Knicks here. Hey, they, they did what they had to do. The guy said he wanted to come here. You know, unlike LeBron James, they had to make this trade, and then with the Nets upping the price. And the Nets possibly getting this guy who said that he wanted to come to the Knicks. Could you imagine? Like, that's why I think Jim Dolan got involved. Because Jim Dolan's, you know, such an egomaniac that he's like, there's no way I'm going to let this guy go to the Knicks, or uh, to the Nets. You know, when he says he wants to play for the Knicks. I, I, I think they had to make the move, Cal. I agree. They had to make this move. Um, earlier in the season, I was of the opinion that I would have liked them to take their chances and wait till the off season and sign them so that they didn't have to give up anybody. But as we got closer, there was no no doubt they had to make this move, and I'm glad that they did. Dr. E. Ray? You had to make this trade. You just had to. No doubt. <laughs> you, were, you were speechless for a moment there. Yeah. <laughs> You're probably looking up some stats or something, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> Well, uh, Cal, what else is going on in basketball? Well, you, there's another tenant at Madison Square Garden. I wanted you to. I wanted you to take take it. Take it, Cal. Take it. Oh my goodness, take it. It's been ten years. I I I, I couldn't take it anymore until this year. And uh, finally, the St. John's Red Storm. After ten more more than ten years, it's been I think 
I want to say 13 years since they've been a ranked, a nationally ranked university. And this week, they are number 25 in the coaches poll, number 23 in the OLAP. And St. John's, I think, is back. And if you watched any of their games recently, and, and Evan and I were watching, you know, we were talking during the pit game on, on Saturday, and what, what just, just, just an unbelievable ending to that game. They, they beat the, the fourth-ranked Panthers 60-59 to on Saturday. And, and this, team, this team is back. And the great thing about St. John's right now is it's a team full of seniors. You know, Steve Lavin's come in. He's got a team full of seniors that have done nothing in their college career up until now. And they've got a fantastic recruiting crew, uh, class coming in next year. So there's definitely a lot of reason for optimism around this team right now. Uh, wow. As you can tell by my excitement. Yeah. Wow. I just I didn't think it was going to go that way. Uh, but you really you nailed it. I think moving on. Where did you think it was going to go? <laughs> Well, Cal, Cal, take take us back to the St. John's glory days. You know, I, I grew up as a huge St. John's fan. My, as you called him earlier, Papa Fred w- went to St. John's also, um, mm-hmm. and that was my team growing up. And you know, obviously the days of Mullen and uh, Willie Glass and Walter Berry, and th- that was my team. Uh, how bad was it? How bad did it get for you as a, as a St. John's fan? It got bad when I was there. I'm going to date myself right now. Uh oh, um, the big the big stars when I was there were uh, gentlemen by the name of Felipe Lopez. If anybody remembers, number thirteen, number thirteen, uh, Zendon Hamilton out of Swanica High School. Wow, those were those were the guys that were there when I was there. I, I came just after Jason Williams had graduated. Um, and and incidentally, that's all you heard about when you went to class at St. John's, was what a great guy Jason Williams was. How'd that go? Yeah, well, <laughs> we're, we're all sitting there with big smirks on our face now. Ooh, but uh, it, it got bad. I, I was there at the time of Fran Fraschilla, and just after I graduated was when he uh, dropped his pants in front of the students. <laughs> and, that, and that kind of began the run of... Uh, of, of some of some pretty lean times. So you're saying it got bad when the head coach drops his pants in front got, of the student, got the student body? Yeah, it didn't, wasn't that good. They had that uh, they had that little incident in, in, in a Pittsburgh nightclub that got them uh, put on probation. It, it, it was it was bad for for a real long time. So who who didn't? Who, that's just what you do in college. That's what you do in Pittsburgh. But. Um, it's it's been a really long time. They had they had a really they had a really fantastic run in 1999 where they made it to the Elite Eight. They lost to Ohio State. Yeah. If anybody, if you guys remember that, um, that was a team with Eric Barkley at the point guard. They had Ron Artest on that team. Wow, um, that's right. Sure. Yeah, they had a. They, that was the last good team that St. John's had, and that was really the only good team they've had in the last 15 years. Wow. So so St. John's alumni fans, we've we've been through a real long stretch of, of bad basketball with this team. And you got you have to tie it directly to Steve Lavin. You have to. There's no other you know, Norm Roberts was a good coach. He was a good man. But Steve Lavin has completely turned the the, the, the university around, the the energy, the life within the team. Um it's 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 all on him and you know, kudos to my alma mater for bringing this guy in. 
Well, a couple of things, Cal. Let's talk about the the pit game. You know, the pit win this past weekend. I was uh, I had to work, so I wasn't able to watch it. But uh, well, we were trying fact, to keep, we were trying to keep you up to date, though. Yeah, you guys were texting me, which is uh, which was awesome. Uh, and also, you know, beating number four at the time ranked pit. You know, they've had several great wins this year. Is it is it like a Lavin knows how to get these guys up for a big game? Uh, because he's been in a lot of big games, like maybe there's there's his his big game experience or whatever. Is that rubbing off on these guys? Because this is Norm's team, right? I mean, this is the this is the, Norm's the team, team, yeah, that he recruited. And somehow these kids, when they play or when they're playing like a ranked opponent, especially at MSG, when the lights are the complete brightest, all of a sudden the, this team just knows how to win. You know, a, a lot of that's got to be Lavin's big game experience, right, Cal? Yeah, there's there's really no other explanation for it because it's the same group of guys that floundered over the last three years with Norm Roberts. The exact same group of players. You know, you saw flashes from DJ Kennedy over the last three years, a little bit from Justin Burrell, but um, Dwight Hardy has, has completely taken the leap this year. You know, he's yeah. been he's been terrific. And and you're right. You talk about the teams that they've beaten. They've beaten. Uh, they beat Pitt who was ranked number four at the time. They beat UConn by 17. UConn was ranked number nine at the time. They beat Georgetown earlier in the season when they were number 13. They beat Duke. They beat Duke by 15 points. I mean, they never and beat no, Duke. And Notre Dame by you know, 18. They beat Notre Dame by 18. Notre Dame was ranked number 11 at the time. So, I mean, they, they've got some really, really big wins under their belt. And, and the most amazing thing about this team, and, and I don't know if we've talked about it at all, they have they're they're ranked number one in the country in strength of schedule. Number one, they have the the hardest schedule of any Division One men's basketball team in the country, and they keep winning. So you're saying they keep on coming? They just keep on coming, and they don't stop. As Duke as Duke from Rocky would say, they took a beating and they kept on coming. Well, Dr. Iray, Dr. Iray points this out, and uh, he says, uh, St. John's has seven guys coming in, Cal, with a higher than 90 grade on ESPN, and their uh-huh. class is ranked number two on Rivals.com, number three on ESPN.com. Six players of the top 100 prospects are coming in next year. Right. So Steve Lavin has taken this team and turned it around in six months, well, eight months. Well, I mean, it's ridiculous. In, in two ways. Number one, he's, he's, he's taken the existing uh, seniors that were here and, and gotten into them somehow. Right. And, and on top of that, when these guys all graduate in May, here comes one of the best recruiting classes I've ever seen. All right. I mean, it, yeah, it, it really it's is ridiculous. amazing. Uh, and, Cal, let me ask you a question. So they, <laughs> here, they, here they sit at 17 and 9, Okay. Um, the latest bracketology puts them at a six seed. The, the last four games, let's go through it. They got DePaul at Villanova at Seton Hall and home to South Florida. Realistically, what do they finish with record-wise before the, uh, the, the Big East tournament? Realistically, there's no reason why they can't finish with 20 wins. 20 right, and 10. Before the stretch here at the end, we had talked about their schedule and saying if they could, if they could just get, I think we said, two of, of the previous four games, they'd be great, and they won all four. Right. So now yeah, they had to sit in a situation where you, you're going to get 20 wins. You could probably get to a five or six seed here, and then and then you can go pretty far in the tournament. Obviously, the Big East 20 is going to play a big role as well. 
Right. Well, that and that's the other the other thing I have about that is that they've got an outside shot at the double buy in the Big East tournament, which I love the double buy. I mean, and, and it's hard one, to believe when when four or five years ago they were basically sitting on the bubble of making the tournament. I know it's hard to it's hard to believe when you think about the teams that are in the Big East since they since they've expanded. You know, you've got teams like Louisville in there now, and you've got teams like um, you know Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh's leading P- Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, Georgetown. Syracuse, Villanova, UConn. I mean, UConn is is number nine in the Big East right now. They're in ninth place. But um, I mean, if they can get a, if they can get a double bye, that's going to put them in a great spot to at least get one win in the tournament. And that's all they really need, I think. I think they just need one win in the tournament. But the way that they're playing, you can't put, you, especially at the Garden. The tournament's at the Garden. They're as hot as anything at the Garden. They could really make a, a real interesting run in the Big East tournament. Well, yeah, if, I think if they won the Big East tournament, how how high do they get? If they win the Big East tournament, oh, they're a four. Oh, they'd be a three. Yeah, three or four. I have to be. Yeah, they have because if, if yeah, because right now think about it. Right now they're they're ranked twenty three in the AP. If they win the Big East tournament, there's no reason why they can't be a top fifteen team. Oh yeah, with, especially with their strength of schedule and 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 the victories that they have. I mean, you, you're asking a lot. They've they've had a great run. You're asking a lot for them to win the Big East tournament when you look at some of these teams. Yeah, but you've been asking a lot, like you said. There are- I, but how much more? That's the thing. How much more can you ask of them? Well, how greedy do you want to get, Cal? Well, I'm, I, I, I want it all. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> well, look, we've said it all along, though. New York basketball is better when St. John's is good. Yes, I mean it's it's it makes things. I, again, the, the casual fan gets interested. We, we've talked about on this show the fact that we grew up on Long Island. We grew up in New York where there weren't a lot of college sports to root for. Now, Kyle, you wound up going to St. John's. Right. But, of course, like Evan and I can get behind St. John's. Uh, and that was really all we had college basketball uh, was, you know, that was local. You know, that's I've really it. been so- I mean, that's the yeah. only team to root for. You're not going to root right. for Hofstra or Stony Brook no matter right, what they exactly. do. Right, exactly. And we've, no. I, I think we've talked about the jealousy that's involved with some of other, you know, some other locations where you grew up and you could root for the college team and still root for a pro team. Like we didn't have that option, you know. So I feel like it, it's great when St. John's is good because even like the casual college basketball fan like myself can kind of get behind St. John's. Like I'll root for my alma mater, UD, but I can get behind St. John's too. You know, it's much better for New York. Uh, New York City basketball when St. John's is good and yeah. and and I love Lavin. I mean, I loved Lavin when they hired him because I loved him at UCLA. He's my kind of coach. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's you know I was concerned about how he'd play here on the East Coast because he's such a West Coast guy. Right. But I mean, he's he has just fit right in. He's right out of Central Casting, though. I mean, you know, he's perfect. He's the UCLA you know Hollywood guy who comes to New York and like. I can see him getting out of the car in Queens and, like, you know, sleeping, you know, <laughs> onto his coat or whatever. And he's got the ridiculously great-looking – I mean, he's just – he's ridiculous. He's well, right out of central well, casting to come and turn well, St. John's there was around. Another, there was another slick-haired coach from the West Coast who came over here and did pretty well, uh, if you can recall, for the Knicks. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, Red Auerbach. <laughs> no, wait. No. <laughs> John Taylor. I got it. I got it. And, and, you know, it probably means more to me because, you know, I went there, but but maybe you guys too. When when you see Louis Carnesecca in the stands every time St. John's is doing good, it's like I feel Uh, good for the man. 
I feel good that he's still alive. He's getting up there. Is that terrible to say? But he's got a big smile on his face. He's happy right now, Louis. <laughs> was that was that wrong? Was that offside? Between him and, and Chauncey Billups. <laughs> I've written up Chauncey Billups and Louis Cardaseca in this, in this conversation. What is going on? Well, let's uh, hey Cal, let's take a call on uh, let's take a call on St. John's here, and uh, I think we have PJ from Comac calling in to ready to unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Hey PJ, you're on the air with Cal and Sam Pete. What's up, man? What's going on, boys? I had to chime in here, uh, being a long-suffering uh, St. John's alum. I too have yet to barely get by the um, you know the uh, pulling of the pants by Frischilla, uh, but. Um, <laughs> Kind of loving the season, you know. We got a great coach here. I think we're going to make a nice little run in the uh, Big East tourney, and I think we can make a little noise in the uh, NCAA as well. You know, I wanted to know uh, what you guys thought. Well, we, I, I think I think they can definitely make a run, especially the way they've been playing. They they they've got the hot hand. Um, but PJ, let me ask you a question. What, do you can you tie this all to Lavin? Is there anything else that, that we can attribute this to, or, or is this all Steve Lavin? I think it's got to be the coach because these are the same guys that Norm Roberts had for the last few years, and they were mediocre at best. Yeah. You know, I, you know, Dwight Hardy was not a starter up until this year, and right now he's in running for uh, Big East Player of the Year. Absolutely. I think PJ, you got to attribute to the coach. Yeah, you got to, right? Now, PJ, one more question, and, and being a proud St. John's alum, uh, have you been, like, going to – you know, getting together with uh, folks you graduated with and starting to watch the team, like, is is that becoming like a thing, you guys making plans for the tourney and stuff like that? Um, No, you know what? I went there. I really wasn't friendly with too many people, but uh, <laughs> I, I went there for the education, not, not the social life. <laughs> well, it, it, that, that certainly paid off. I just love when, you know, people get uh, all excited and get behind a team and stuff like that. I know a couple years ago when UD made a little run in the tournament, uh, you know, you got to see some folks that you hadn't seen in a really long time, and and uh, it would be cool if St. John's could kind of, you know, pull the city together, right? Absolutely. Well, you, you know, a lot of my friends that I hang out with locally, you know, because St. John's is a local team, everybody is pulling for them. So with, with these people, not fellow St. John's alum, but I have gone to the bars to watch, you know, some games with them on Saturday. So there, there is a little bit of a spirit being picked up regarding this team around the area, which is definitely a good thing. You know, like you guys mentioned before about the Knicks as well, that the Garden is just hopping right now, and it's it's a thing of beauty. Yeah, PG, I, th- I think we're all looking forward to the Big East tournament this year. It's, it's always a fun tournament to watch, but with St. John's being so relevant and playing the way that they are at the Garden, I think it's really going to be special this year. I, I think I, I agree with that 100%. You know, I think that the Big East tournament can be theirs because they just dominate at the Garden. And I think that's all from the coach as well, too, because the last couple of years they weren't that good at the Garden. Now this guy just has them believing. Awesome. Thank you, PJ, for the call, pal. We'll talk to you down the line. You got it, guys. All Thanks, right. PJ. PJ from Comac checking in on the St. John's. And he makes a great point, you know, just to finish up on, on the Johnnies that uh, – you know, they play on that big stage now at MSG. That's Lavin. Again, talking you know, about Lavin, the big stage, UCLA at the at the Forum or whatever, you know, and, and he's got them playing great at MSG with the lights of the brightest. Guys, PJ nailed that last point because he's right. They've been awful at the Garden the last few years, and they had no home court advantage. Every time they played at the Garden, the other team's fans dominated the building, whether it was Syracuse, UConn, Duke, uh, any of the Big East teams, they always had more fans uh, of the opposing team there. 
and he and Lavin has completely turned that energy around. They had fourteen thousand fans at the game on Saturday, and most of them were St. John's fans. That's that's fantastic when the city gets behind him. And just one more thing on the Big East. I don't know if you guys saw guys, and, and we're going to move on to uh, to some Mets and some Yankees in a second. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Calhoun, uh, Jim Calhoun, got suspended for next year. Um, and uh, got suspended for I guess the first three games of next year. Yes, that's right. For uh, basically for the uh, you know the, the private downy conduct unbecoming. Uh, it seems like a very faint, very very fey slap on the wrist. It is a no no sanctions imposed on the team. Yeah. So it sounds like UConn got away with bloody murder. Maybe that's me. Well. But uh, I guess Jim Calhoun, he's earned his stripes. Seems like a lovely man. I cannot, uh, I cannot talk objectively about UConn. So, no, no, you throwing can't. that out there. And your coach did pull down his pants again. We stress in front of the entire student body. <laughs> moving, on, moving on. We're going to talk about the uh, the Mets and the Yanks in spring training because obviously spring is right around the corner. I mean, it's so obviously it was four degrees here today in New York. <laughs> But before we do, Cal, one of the things I wanted to do, uh, we're, we're sort of back now, and, and I just want to take a quick second. Uh, you know, Cal, picking up on spring training, you know, the, the, our teams, our local teams are in camp. I just wanted to mention a couple of blogs that I've been reading, Cal, just real quick, and maybe you listeners can check them out. There's a couple of uh, great blogs. We posted them up on our website. By the way, check out our website, uh, rtusports.com. It's... Uh, been redesigned by the RTU IT department. Looks a little different. Of one. Uh, but, uh, no, we, we've been reading uh, Matt Cerrone's uh, SNYMetsBlog.com. Uh, Matt does a fantastic job. He is live in Port St. Lucie filing reports all day long. Uh, the best uh, Mets coverage. The uh, best, and the be- no, the best part about what he's doing down there is um, he's been taking such great pictures of, yeah. of spring training, you know, and, and posting got- them on the site. Right, he's got uh, uh, Baron down there taking pictures, too. He's a professional photographer. He does a great job. So check out MetsBlog.com. Check out Alex uh, Bell's BronxBanter.com for you Yankee fans, Bronx uh, Bronx Banter. He's great. He's a great writer. I've read him on Deadspin. I've read him in other places. Uh, He's got all the latest Yankee news uh, from down in Tampa. Uh, Check out Vinnie Carbone's Metzilla.com, kind of a new entry here, Cal. They just redid their website. Uh, They have some great... Uh, material on there, uh, some great writers. Uh, that's Metzilla, M-E-T-S-Z-I-L-L-A dot com. And then lastly, Cal, check out Chris Bottas, New York Islanders point blank dot com. Uh, Chris Bottas does a fantastic job. It's the unofficial uh, blog of the New York Islanders uh, who lost tonight but had been generating a little heat, playing pretty well. Looks like the, the rebound, rebuild is going well. Chris used to be the uh, PR guy for the Islanders. He does a magnificent job on NewYorkIslandersPointBlank.com. So check out those websites when you get a chance. Check out those blogs uh, daily. We we are checking them out daily. Hopefully pretty soon we're going to be putting their content on ours and, and sort of crisscrossing and stuff like that. So check it out. Um, okay. So anyway, the promotion of the blogs is over. And let's move on to baseball, my friend, to the great the pastime. Squeep, squeep, squeep. Squeep, squeep, squeep. There it is. There it is. The Mets uh, are in Port St. Lucie, and the Yankees are in Tampa St. Pete. Two big things that came out today, Cal. First of all, Hank Steinbrenner. I I just, boy, I hit that right on the bat. 
<laughs> Hank Steinbrenner. I did the post. Nice. Hank Steinbrenner is awesome. Yeah, I was listening back to the show uh, from a couple weeks ago when we did our little warm-up show, and you said something, and I should have picked up on it, but I wasn't listening. You said that we were talking about the Madoff mess with the Wilpons and selling the team, and you should send. You said that Hank should buy the Yan- or Hank should keep the Yankees, and Hal should buy the Mets. How great would that be? That would be unbelievable. I started to. I was listening back to the show, and I started to think about that. That would be the greatest possible thing ever in the history of sports in this town. Right? The the brothers owning the Mets and the Yankees. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can we make can we find a way to make this happen? I don't see why not. So Hank goes off today, Cal, did you see this? About Jeter and his mansion? Uh-huh. Yes. Well the the best part about it was that he he made a comment yesterday, Hank Steinbrenner, about how the team wasn't really focused last year. They were more concerned about building mansions. That's, that's exactly what he said. They were more concerned about building mansions. Now, Derek Jeter is the only player on the Yankees that built a mansion right. last year. And then they, <laughs> well, but then they questioned Hank on it. He says, no, nah, I wasn't talking about Jeter. It's really a straight face. I, right. wasn't talking about, I, I wasn't talking about Jeter. Do you, in general. Do you guys think that there was some sort of missive Maybe emailed or faxed to Hank, like between the World Series and now, about like, dude, you gotta be more of a Steinbrenner. Like you gotta be, you're a loose cannon. We love you. You gotta be more Steinbrennerian. He was slapped and, and, on the he he was slapped on the wrist by Bud Selig for his comments about revenue sharing, which he was not wrong about. He wasn't wrong. Let's be honest. No, he was not wrong when he said that. He questioned, basically, where does the money go? What are the Pittsburgh Pirates doing with this money? He's right. You know, with the luxury tax. I I, I mean, he's right. Felix left it. But don't you think, though, that they, they nudged Hank and were like, you know what, you should be like crazy this summer or this spring. You're Steinbrenner. You can totally get away with it. Just start talking again. Start going crazy. You know, we need you to go a little nutty. We need you. We need a little juice. I want him to call Jabba Fett. That's next. And you and you know what will happen is you'll get a couple more days of this, and then he will go away again for another year and a half. Yeah, exactly. You know, he'll, he'll see his shadow and go away for another year and a half. It's like it's like sweeps week. They bring him out for a, a stunt. <laughs> you know, he boosts the ratings, and then he goes right. away. We get Hank to we, exactly. It's like having uh, Tony Danza on the show. You know, or Chad McGinley. Ted McGillie, back in 1986. Right. You bring him in for sweeps week, you know. Uh, Here Hank. The other thing, Cal, that, you know, Yankee camp has been, you know, A-Rod is svelte, and he's got a uh, new swing, right? He Jeter's, is. And what about the new swing? Yeah. You know, he's, what, 74 hits away from 3,000? He needs 74 good, hits. Good time to change up the swing. <laughs> you know what? Oh, I need 74 hits for 3,000. Let's start tinkering with stuff. Oh, man. I mean, look. Jeter had a great quote, though, today. I got to find it. I got to find it. It was on uh, Bronx Banter, bronxbanterblog.com. It was a great quote about – they basically asked him, like, if he was worried about losing his range or something something to that effect. And, and he basically said, you know, most most shortstops lose their range at this – you know, at this period of their career, and he said, well, the key there is most. 
Huh. You know, as if to imply, I'm not most shortstops. He's not lacking in confidence. Oh, it was just so great. It was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm not concerned with your little range. Well, he had another good quote when when they asked him about about Hank's quote, and he and he was like, you know, I don't even really know what he was talking about, <laughs> so I'm gonna just go with no comment. Right. <laughs> it's just pretty it, good. It, yeah, he like totally dismissed it. Like, you know, I really, really. And how about how about A Rod and the sense of humor? Yeah, Did I saw that. I love yesterday. Yep. Anybody watch the Super Bowl? That was good. It's witty. Okay. Yeah, that was that was clever. I'm trying to find this. Let me find this. Uh, this quote was just great. A Rod talked about uh, changing his swing with Kevin Long. A- Kevin Long described it as he likes that power, but with the freedom of swing. I think over the last several years, you'll have to talk to K Long a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, a little bit more about hey, it. Who said that, A Rod? Yeah, but if you refer to everybody like that. <laughs> But he felt there were some restrictions in my swing and some limitations. I think it affected my power. Well, apparently he's svelte. Oh, here's the here's oh Cal. Here's the uh, the Jeter thing. Okay. Most shortstops in your age range are just no longer that productive. What gives you the confidence? You're going to be one of those exceptions. Jeter. Well, you said most. You didn't say every. So there you go. Oh, okay. And scene. And he walks away. Did he drop a Did he drop a bat on the floor? <laughs> and walk out? He did the the sexual chocolate. He did the. <laughs> He dropped the microphone and walked away. And sports writers high-fived each other. Very entertaining right now in Fort Lauderdale. And they're the $200 million underdogs. Right. Mark Teixeira has declared them underdogs. Yes. I. You know what? I. If you look at the Red Sox and the Yankees on paper, you would say the Red Sox have a better team. Yes. The Red Sox came out this week and said, we don't like being favored. We relish the underdog role. The Yankees came out and said, we love being underdogs. It's great. So I was like, well, how do the Rays feel? Like, like, do the Rays feel like, well, we feel like we're moderate. Not us. We're here. <laughs> Our moderate prediction for victories is pretty good. We feel pretty good about it. You know, like, are they in between? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it's such a goof. Like, who cares? Who cares? Well, what are you going to talk about? I know. Crazy. What are you going to talk about? But you're the Yankees. You're going to be good. You know, are you going to be as good as last year? We don't know. We got to see how the pitching staff shapes up and stuff. But you're going to be good. You know, you're going to be right there in it. You, you don't think you're going to be competing with the Red Sox? Come on. I don't. I don't see how they couldn't be good. Whatever. I, I just. I, oh, here's the other one. I want to, and we'll get to the Mets in a second. And your calls, if you'd like to call and talk about either one, at four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. But Cal and Doctor Ira, I'd like to bring you in on this real quick. Do we not find it? Uh, somewhat interesting that uh, CC Sabathia in in what is now an option year dropped like forty pounds and got himself into real good shape. He's in an option year. What are you saying? I'm not. I'm, I don't mean to imply anything. What are you? I'm just saying. No, seriously. I, I, did that? Was that lost on people? He's in an option year. No, it wasn't lost on people because he. Because all along he he said he would never use the option to leave or to renegotiate, and this year he kind of hedged on it. Right. Well, he looks fantastic. He does look good. Did you see how he cut out Captain Crunch? Is that what it was? That was part of his diet. Captain <laughs> Crunch. You you love reading about these guys. CC Sabathia is a huge man and a fantastic pitcher. Let's not get ourselves wrong. 
you know, or get crazy. And he, he dropped a ton of weight coming into this camp. He's uh, svelte by his standards. But he's a huge man. And they asked him, like, what'd you do, you know, weight loss-wise and stuff like that. He said, I stopped eating so much Captain Crunch. And they were like, well, how much Captain Crunch? He said, you know, you whack out, like, three boxes in a sitting. What? <laughs> in a sitting? Three boxes in a sitting. My goodness. <laughs> Let's take a uh, a call uh, on uh, baseball. What do you think, Cal? Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, let's take a call from Terry, calling from Los Angeles. He wants to talk about the Phillies. And uh, welcome to the show, Terry. You're on the air with uh, Cal and Sam Pete. Uh, what do you want to talk about, man? I think you put it best. Let's talk about the Phillies. My question more is, to you guys being Mets fans is, what's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> wow. The plan is surrender at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not asking for that. Nobody wants to see that, but... Uh, you know, let's play uh, GM for a day. What's the plan? Well, I, I, that's a great question, Tara. And I, and I think if you're talking about how the Mets match up with the Phillies, the plan right now is the wild card. Uh, <laughs> I think you're right. No, I, you know, the, the Mets are – and we're going to talk about the Mets in a second. But while we have you on uh, on the line uh, with the Phillies, now, uh, I don't know. Have you been a Philly fan for a long time? Been a Philly fan my whole life. From Philly. Okay, great. So – you're looking at this team, and uh, did you have to laugh to yourself when they let Joe Blanton sit on that dais with those other four guys? Well, I mean, I think you got a guy. I think they're smart in in taking precautions, you know, because obviously it's easy to sit back and 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 hope and wish and uh, that the that the season's going to go flawless. But I think history will show you can't really uh, rely on that. So I think. Um, I think keeping them on is a good good plan. Yeah, I just I just I just cracked up when I saw him sitting at that initial press conference. It was like uh, <laughs> you know having like Mount Rushmore, and then they put like Gerald Ford like in the. <laughs> you know. I think I think rumor has it um, he drove the car there. I think is what happened. I think he has a side limo business. I think he he was the one driving the limo. Is what happened. Actually, the the Met announcer here in New York, Howie Rose, calls him Officer Joe Blanton. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I love. Talking no. about losing, uh, you're talking about losing weight. I think Blanton is uh, is on the same uh, Captain Crunch drop and diet because uh, I think he he's getting a little bit serious as well, losing oh, weight. He slimmed down. He slimmed down, huh? Yeah, slimming down and uh, trying to get back to his fighting weight. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, right down to two sixty five. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terry, uh, with this staff, obviously, though, you, you say you've been a Philly fan your whole life. You've got to be just beside yourself with oh. excitement to have these four big guns go out there. You lost Jason Worth in the offseason. He was a, definitely a fan favorite. Do you, and the offense really struggled at times. I think that's why they wound up losing to the Giants. Do you think they've done enough on the offensive side to, you know, they're, they're going to get great pitching every night, but you've got to score two runs. You know, you've got to score a run. I agree. Right? I, I, I so think they've done enough. You know, I, I I think it's 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 like I was saying. I mean, I I don't know if just getting the pitching is enough. I mean, you definitely have to put put runs. You know, you need support. I think losing worth is a is definitely is gonna is, they're gonna take that hit. Um, mm. but you know, hopefully uh, Dominic Brown can step up, or they can get you know, some uh, you know Ben Francisco. Hopefully these guys can get in there and get some bat swinging. And I, I mean, I I I don't think the not putting runs on the board was was a huge problem 
all throughout the, the the year. I think they went through pockets, you know, yeah. which is yeah. a which is they, a they which did. is a problem. I mean, they they'd have they'd have they go through a they'd go through a five week stretch with putting up seven eight runs a night, and then yeah. they would go you know hardly getting one or two. And I, it's just so hard for that to happen. Is very strange. So I mean, obviously getting to the playoffs. I wasn't that surprised that they couldn't swing the bat as much as as, as much as they could, actually. No, you know, you absolutely you hit the nail on the head. They were like a ridiculously streaky offensive team last year, where they would go. Here. You know, they they went into City Field and got shut out three games in a row by the Mets. I mean, it, come yeah, on now. <laughs> exactly. I I mean I and you know and and with the with the new with the new pitching staff, I I, I think it's. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're obviously the bats are going to have to do aren't going to have to do as much. I mean, I, right. I would rather than just I would rather than this year, you know, forget the fourteen run game. Just give me five every game, and they'll be fine. Like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, well, like, they get five every game, Terry. They're winning a hundred games, easy. Exactly. So I mean, they, you know, get me, you know, with the with the with the pitching staff, you know. Their, their their relievers are going to have an easier job. I mean, it's just yep. gonna it's gonna ease it's gonna take a lot of the a lot of the uh, pressure off a lot of the guys. Well, as a as a Mets fan, I'm wishing you health and happiness. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you are. But you have hey, just you, a wonderful season. <laughs> I, I I I'm hoping for a a good season myself. But uh, like I said, I'm. I'm I'm still a Philly fan, so it's not that easy, unfortunately. Well, uh, definitely, uh, Terry, check in with us down the wire, and uh, maybe Absolutely. we'll we'll call on we'll call on you to kind of be our Philly guy. I would love that. You guys are doing a great job. Keep up the great work. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. Bye bye. All right. So Terry checks in from LA. A Philly fan gives us the Philly point of view, and uh, you know we were just talking about CC Sabathia dropping the weight. Officer Joe Blanton drops the weight. It's like a Jenny Craig thing going on down in Florida, apparently. Apparently, but uh, Cal, uh, going over to the Mets and going over to Port St. Lucie here, uh, where the Metropolitans are, are training for the spring. Uh, how have you felt about uh, our boy uh, Terry Collins? How have uh, how have you felt? Why did my voice? Uh, why am I in Jay Leno range? <laughs> hey, Chibi Chibi Chibi, how you uh, feel about it? He sure, he sure is a spitfire, isn't he? He is spunky, man. Actually, Cal, I don't know if you caught this, but there was a great um, video blog today, or like a kind of video journal that Matt Cerrone put up on MetsBlog.com, where he basically tried to follow Terry Collins around. Did you see this? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like, he's running from field to field. There was was one shot of him with the grounds crew. (laughs) Right. He's telling them how to sprinkle the field. Then he's going over talking to Jason Bay about his golf game. It was like, and he was running from field to field. Did you see the picture of him standing next to Chris Young? Yes, that's fantastic. Chris Young, his hip comes up to Collins' shoulder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how big he is. Well, did you see what Collins said about that? About uh, how he he just asked that uh, if he comes to get Chris Young to take him out of the game, he doesn't hold the ball up, right? So he can't get it. <laughs> like like little rascal style, you know, like hold his head down and like you know make him jump for the ball and He's stuff jumping like that, and, and flailing away to try to catch it. Colin said, you know, maybe we'll do that for a photo op. Uh, look, I like what I'm hearing, Cal. I like what I'm hearing. Here's here's I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some cold water on this. Great, okay, super. Oh, no, this is this is how we do it here. Great, just great. No, 
Oh, would you, yeah, yeah, would you let me finish? Go ahead. You'll like this. I like what I'm seeing right now, okay? I, I like the way he's come in. He's got a whole different energy than what's been there over the past few years. I like it a lot. The players seem to be buying in. You got, a, you got some renewed optimism around this team. I really believe this team is not going to be as bad as many people say it's going to be. But, and here's the but, I think that this act is going to wear thin real, real quick. Why? Especially, especially if they lose. Oh, uh, so we're in Rex Ryan territory. Is what especially if they lose. Yeah, I think we are. I think we why? are. Why? I mean, why do you think it's an act? Can't he just genuinely no, have enthusiasm? No, yes, I, yes, he has. He genuinely does have the enthusiasm. It's not an act uh, in the uh, per se. So you know? he, if he's genuine, it has a long, it has a better chance of. Sta- I mean, that's what they always say about that's Rex Ryan, right? Yeah, they say that that his act works because it's not an act. Right. So the players buy it because he's being himself. Well, maybe this is how Collins is. The players will buy it. You know, if he's being genuine. I don't still, know. Still with the cold water? No, I want to hear what I want to hear what Doctor Ray has to say. Fine. Because I think he's. I, I think I know where he's going. Well, let's just see, Doctor Ray. Doctor Ray. <laughs> Boy, he, did, he knows how to hit a cue, that guy. He did say, "Let me jump in." Yeah, where is he? Hello, hello, yellow. No, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Check your mic. Yellow. <laughs> mic check. <laughs> Doctor Ray will be back with us in a minute. I don't think that's cold water, though. I understand. I don't you. know. Look, and, and, we we we, we guys. They need this. This team needs this. This is a team full of. Uh, underachievers who have been resting on the laurels of victories and accomplishments that they have not gotten. I agree with that. And in, and in practice and in, in theory, it all makes sense. They, they needed a different energy in, in camp. They needed a different voice. They needed a different approach. I agree with all of that. I just think that you underestimate today's athlete and the patience level that they have. I know, you, I know your point is it doesn't matter what they think. They've been coasting around for the last couple of years, and they've done nothing. You know, I, 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 and we've talked about this a lot. I just think that you underestimate, you know, a guy like Carlos Beltran. You, you don't think he's going to get sick of hearing a horn every five minutes when he's got to will change you, stations? Well, you stop with the horn. You keep focusing on this horn thing. And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about here, you know, Terry Collins in the first couple of days of camp didn't like the tempo. And he didn't like that guys were standing around at the end of – uh, a drill. So to to indicate that the drill is over, he's using a, an air horn. I, I don't think they're going to get that upset about it. It's not like he's sitting there blowing it in their ear. <laughs> like the way you portrayed it was like Terry Collins was standing next to Carlos Beltran, and every time he was not in motion, he's blowing an air horn in his he's ear. He's standing on a stepladder. <laughs> he's just trying to keep tempo up. Look, the guy is genuine, apparently. He's this excited to have a job again. Okay? I think the team needs this. Is it going to get old? Probably. Probably. But right now, this is a good place for them to be. And his speech was exactly what we said it should be. Let's see if we can give all the sports writers a big blank burger at the end of the year. He went brown on the speech. 
Do you think he has a cardboard cutout of Bernie Madoff? Who did, did it? Was that Evan that said that? Yes. <laughs> we wanted him to go major league on it and have a cardboard cutout of Bernie Madoff, and they right. a section every time they win. They take away his suit. Right. He may yeah. have that. He may have that. Let's see. If we, do we have Doctor Ira back? Is it? Uh, uh, we're having trouble uh, trouble with Doctor Ira's mic, unfortunately. But he had wanted to add to this. But anyway, uh, I, I think I, I like what I'm hearing. And you know the other thing I really like, Cal. And then we'll move on from the Mets. Uh, the other thing I really liked was hearing David Wright. Really, and we, you know, is he ever going to be the leader of this team? Blah 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 blah. And he said, "Did you see what he said about the meeting?" No. Yeah, I've heard it. You know, it, it was great. We've heard it all. It was very genuine. Who cares? Enough with the with the talk. Enough. I've had it with the talk. It's time to put up or shut up for this team. That's it. Period. And, and that's nice. You know, it, it it seems like he's finally, you know, maybe going to be the leader that this team needs and that, the, that they want him to be. So I like what I'm hearing out of Mets camp. Uh, they open Friday, Cal? Um, Friday or Saturday against Atlanta, right? I think Friday with um, they Friday they open with Atlanta. That's right. And uh, Henry Mejia is going to uh, start the first game. Yes, he is. Well, they're they're actually going to be on TV on Saturday. Oh, nice. Oh, I'll have to get uh, Wesley in full uh, Met regalia. Nice. I will. I will. Oh, we have Doctor Ray back. Doctor Ray, what did you want to add to this? Uh, you, you wanted to throw water at me at, as well. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that your whole point about, you know, Collins, is, are they going to follow him? Listen, if they win, it's, it, the whole thing just goes away. All the controversy goes away. If they win, everyone gets on board. It's just the bottom line, the way it is. But don't you think, though, Ev, with the way things have gone for this team the last few years, with Jerry Manuel here running a very apparently laissez-faire sort of camp with no, you know, that they they needed to go the – you always need to go the other way, Right. When you have a player, we, we did a show. You need an ask. Exactly, you know. we did a show a long time ago about unwritten rules in sports, and this is one of them. You know, you have to follow a laid-back coach with a, a taskmaster, and that's that's, that's right. just the rule. Just the way it works. I think what I'm liking about this, guys, from what I'm reading, is that he's a taskmaster who's not just a taskmaster for the sake of it. He's a, he's he's being a taskmaster when he needs to be. Boy, taskmaster is tough to say. Uh, he's being stern when he needs to be, and he's also having a good time with the guys. He's being loose. He's talking to every guy. Did you see that, Cal? He talks to every guy. I, I mean, I, I think it's. I think that's fantastic. Like he tries to make it a point to talk to every guy, and he was pissed off that Luis Castillo didn't come to camp early. You know, good, good. I, I just, I, I like what I'm hearing so far, but. You know, I'm, I'm an optimist. This is what it means to be a Met fan. All right. Well, that's the baseball. Obviously, we'll have a lot more. But, oh, Dr. E. Ray, you have a question? Yeah, yeah. I have a question just um, from someone who heard a lot about Daniel Murphy last year. What's your thoughts about, uh, about him taking a second baseman job here? What have, what have you seen or heard about it? I, From what I've heard, he's you know they have Tuffle, Backman, uh, Chip Hale. They have 37 second basemen in camp. Uh, trying to help this guy learn how to play second base, and uh, I, I don't—I I think it's up for grabs. I, I tell you who I don't think it will be as Luis Castillo. He had—he had, a, he had an excuse. 
Oh yes, I know. His brother was having surgery, and if that's the, it's legitimate, it's legitimate. Fine. I just, you know, I I I don't think it'll be him. I don't I don't know if it'll be Murphy though. I don't know, Ev. I don't know if he can do enough defensively. You know, you don't really have a great pitching staff there. <laughs> you know, you're gonna have to try to save well, as many runs as possible. Maybe it's the well the as my uh, as my college baseball coach who will remain nameless said to me once. I've told you guys this before. It doesn't really matter if you can play defense at second base. Really, Coach? Is that really true? <laughs> really? That's what you're going with? <laughs> Obviously, a, a master stra- yeah. uh, strategy. Uh, just, uh, wow, boy, strong up the middle? Nah. It's not <laughs> really. Much. Not really. <laughs> not that important. You know what you need? A big-time defensive right fielder. That's what you need. <laughs> Shortstop, second base, center field. No, 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 no. Well, I, I wonder, does he still have a job? Ah, he, he did very well for himself. But, I, I mean, he sat me down and basically told me that when, when, when I was told that he was going with someone who had never played the position before, that uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an easy position to pick up. It's not a big deal. What do you say? You just we're just making your quarterback. It's not that big a deal. It's an easy position to pick up. One, two, three. Now, if I was making you, you know, an offensive lineman, we'd have our work cut out for us. <laughs> uh, listen, one last thing on the baseball guys, and then I want to get to the doctor is in. Uh, did you? I I I know I sent this to you guys, the Zach Greinke uh, thing, and I, and I really want to talk about this next week. Um, teaser. But I, I really do. Maybe we'll, we'll do it in the fun load or, or, or something. But this Granky article today in the uh, Wisconsin Sentinel Journal Times, Sentinel Times, uh, was fascinating about Zach Granky and his social anxiety disorder and uh, how difficult it is for him to even go to the ballpark, how difficult it is for him to sit through meetings, how difficult it is for him to talk to his teammates, Talk to his teammates. He said, I, I don't have direct quotes, but it was like, ah, I can't get in for all that. It just takes so much out of me. He said, takes so much out of me so many times. You were like, how is this? It's ridiculous that this guy is a Major League Baseball player. And it, it would have made Ed Whitson look like the greatest athletic experiment in New York of all time if he had come to New York. It just would have been a complete disaster. He can't talk to one reporter at a time. and yeah, That wouldn't work here. No, not so much. And I want to talk about that. Maybe you know, maybe next week we'll get into it, guys, because we just take for granted that these athletes, especially professional athletes on the biggest stages, are these well-adjusted guys who can just handle the spotlight. And this this kid proves that that's not always true. And what do you do when that's not the case, when you're this ridiculously gifted athlete and you can't handle being in the limelight and you can't handle what goes along with being a professional athlete? It's I, I'm sorry, just the, the article was fascinating to me. Well, what you'd like, to, you'd like to think that he's got people that are looking after his well-being that are trying to help him and they're not just kind of letting him float out there on his own. No, no, they are. I mean, the Royals, the Royals sent him, you know, for psychological evaluations and got him on medication and stuff. And he tried to up his dosage, uh, dosage during the season, and that didn't work. And you know, there there have been people trying to help him. And you know, I think the Royals 
helped him by not trading him to the Yankees. I don't know if, if he had a full no-trade clause, but you know they, they did him a favor trading him to Milwaukee to a small market team. I think they were looking out for his well-being in that sense, but I just it's 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 an interesting thing. I think it's something we completely take for granted in our professional athletes that they're just fine with the adulation and the attention and having to go to work and talk to your teammates. Like we yeah. take that for granted, right, Cal? Like you would figure it's just like going to any other workplace. Right. But he travels with these guys 6 months out of the year. I mean, they're together all the time. What would it be like if you couldn't talk to them? You know, it's it's very very interesting. It's uh it's an article in the uh, again the Wisconsin Sentinel Journal Sun Times Courant the the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Thank you, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, maybe we'll put that up on the on the website, Cal. Maybe, uh, why it, not? Maybe we'll link it to the website. It's a really a very interesting read. Just his interview. All right. Now that I've had my little soapbox moment. Um, let's do, uh, let's do the doctors in with licensed physician, Dr. E-Ray Stat. Dr. E-Ray, the doctor is in. Go. Okay, we've, we've touched on a bunch of topics today. Let's go back to the Knicks for a second. The Knicks sit at 28 and 26. They have 28 games remaining, 28 games left. Give me your prediction on their record in those 28 games. Start with Cal. Uh, there's 28 games left. I think they're going to go 14 and 14. Wow. Yeah. So I think no, no better. So no improvement on, on what they were before. No. And, and I'll break it down a little bit more. I think that they're going to struggle like you had said over the next two weeks. And I think they're going to finish real strong. Interesting. Steve. I, I, I could see them actually going like 13 and 15, uh, you know, fourteen and fourteen. I'm going to say thirteen and fifteen. I'm going to, because they, if I'm not mistaken, they have a real difficult part of their schedule coming up too, uh, and so or a real difficult schedule coming up. I think it's going to be very hard for Mello and Stoudemire to mesh at first. But that being said, they make the playoffs, and I think depending on who they play, they get out of the first round. Yeah, I think they're going to be a little better than that. I think they'll probably go like uh, something like a. The 16 and you know uh, 12. Uh, I don't think they're going to be. I think they're going to be an improved team. But yes, I think they will struggle in the beginning. Uh, moving on to hockey, uh, I know that you guys love to talk about this. Uh, the Isles interim coach Jack <laughs> Capuano. Uh, does he stay, and does he deserve to stay, St. Pete? I think he does, and I and I think despite the loss tonight, I think the team, the difference you see in this team, and I've watched most of their games somehow. Uh, is that under Scott Gordon, they seem so tense for the system. They seem so uptight to have to play within the system that Gordon brought. And I think with Capuano, they're playing a lot looser. The players love him. You've taken Doug Waite out of the equation. You've taken Trent Hunter out of the equation. They're just playing the kids. And these kids have been with him for a while, and they all love him. I think uh, he's cheap, and he's good. And if they hadn't had a 1-20 stretch, uh, we'd be talking about the playoffs right now. Yeah, I, well, I Cal, you agree, Cal? Yeah, I do agree. And and Steve hit a good point. These kids all came up with him from Bridgeport. You know, he's he's coaching a lot of the kids that he that he coached down in in the AHL. And the other good point that Steve brought up, the, they played tight under Scott Gordon's system because Scott Gordon was so darn intense. You know, he he right. was he was tight. 
you know, and I think that that, that Capuano is a little looser. He's got a more a better personality that fits the roster. Um, I I would absolutely well, t- give t- him a shot. Well, t- take me a little deeper, guys. Um, how does does he use the players differently? Is you know, for someone who's not a big hockey fan and doesn't watch or know the players that well, is he doing something on the ice differently? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the first things he did was sort of. Uh, get the players to stop thinking so much and start playing more instinctual hockey where, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. You've been playing this game all your life, even though some of these kids are 19, 20 years old. But let them play more instinctual hockey and, and, and stop thinking so much about fitting into the system. It's sort of, the, you know, the square peg in the round hole. And I think he just got them to be loose. Not to mention, he always looks like, you know, he just finished a beer. You know, he's he's got the buttons on his shirt. <laughs> right, the buttons on his shirt are screaming, holding together that top button. You know the tie wants not to come the profile of a hockey coach, does he not? He does. No. no, I see. I think he does. I think he. I think he does. I think he fits. You know, he's not as uptight as a, like a Scotty Bowman or or something like that. But he just he looks like a guy that the players can relate to. You know, it's it's to me it's very similar to to what Steve Lavin has done with St. John's because Capuano's running the same exact system that Gordon was running. He's just running it differently with his personality and his approach to it. Yeah. So you're, you're basically saying this is all his personality. There's not a lot different in terms of how he's managing the ice. His, his approach, the not, just, not just his personality, just his approach to, to knowing the players and, and being able to manage the people, you know, rather than but, just the system. Well, and, also, and also, Ed, though, you know, one last thing. The biggest on-ice difference is that he sticks with a line when it's working. Right. Well, that, that's what I was looking for. He's doing a little more of that. Okay. Yes, he sticks with a line when it's working. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see how far he takes this team with the little time they have left. And speaking of uh, teams coming back, what kind of chance do you give the Devils here? Can they make this impossible comeback, Sam Pete? Well, this has been a, a ridiculous run. Like, if you're watching this, uh, my good friend Scoot, uh, you know, uh, over at Fox, you guys know Scoot, huge Devils fan. And uh, he's saying to me, like, you know, watch out, they could get hot. This was like three weeks ago. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Out of your mind. And if they do come back and make the playoffs and get the eight spot, this will be one of the greatest, like, this will be the 51 Giants coming back on the Brooklyn Dodgers. I mean, this will be one of the most ridiculous, or hockey's version thereof. Like, they were like 29 points out of the uh, eighth playoff spot. You know, not for nothing, they're still 11 points out of the playoff spot, and the Islanders are right behind them at 12 points out. So Actually, it was 10 and 11 going well, into tonight. Okay. Yeah, it was ten, but still, to get within ten, you know, ten points, is unbelievable, unbelievable. I, I think it's a, a magnificent run, especially for Brodeur being hurt for a lot of it. I don't know. I, I want to see them make the playoffs now. I do. And they had their yearly firing of the coach, <laughs> you know, and then they got hot. Yeah, Cal, it's, it's become it's become routine for this this organization to fire their coach and then they make a run. It's unreal. Yeah, usually though it's Lou Lamorello coming down and coaching them. Yeah, this well, time he, he brought Jacques Lemaire back. Exactly. Well, let's shift gears a little bit uh, with two giant Met fans here. Um, where will Carlos Beltran be playing at the All Star break, Cal? Center field, right field, or not in City Field? I think he's going to be playing right field. I don't think I don't think he's going to be going. I don't think he's going to go anywhere before the All Star break. He could certainly get moved. Uh, at the trading deadline, if he's proven that he's healthy and he's having a good year, um, I just don't think that he's going to be able to handle center field and city field this year. I think he's. I think he's in Oakland. 
Really? By the All-Star break? I think he's playing right field in Oakland. I think Oakland is making a surprising run. Uh, they're competing. Uh, you have the classic Billy Bean makes the trade for the guy whose contract is going to be up and going to be a free agent. And, that early, uh, but that early, Steve? That's right. I think he gets traded over All-Star Weekend, and I think he's playing uh, right field for the A's. Wow, that is uh, that's interesting to see if we can you know turn the tape back and see if you make that prediction correctly. What about Jeter, guys? Do you think Jeter has a bounce back year, or his slide continues, and we're we're beginning to see uh, the decline of the uh, of the great Derek Jeter? Jeff Pete. Well, you said most. You didn't say every. So there you go. <laughs> so you think he turns it around? I do. I I, I don't think he turns it. I think he has a decent. I think he has a better season than last year. How's that? So what do you mean? You know, 290, he hits, 300, yeah, he gets back he hits, to 300? I think he hits 285, 290. I think he manages to score 100 runs. And I and I think he has a, a good Derek Jeter year. You know, a solid Derek Jeter year. As long as the on-base percentage is up, Ev, and, and he's scoring runs, he's still he's perfect for that team. Perfect for that team. I think he should Except, take a backseat and hit know, second. Exactly. I was just going to say that. As you guys know, not in the leadoff position, in my opinion. Cal, what do you think? I, I have to agree. I think I think you're going to see a a Jeter esque year, but you're going to see like if you imagine Jeter as a 36 year old, what he would do. <laughs> I've often imagined Jeter as a 36 year old, you know, or yeah. So I think that that's what you're going to get out of him. Like sometimes years. I think about Jeter as like a 48 year old. <laughs> and how and how good does he do at that? He looks delightful. He's good, right? He is good. He's still good at 48. Still got it. He's ageless. All right. In, in other news, uh, the Saints released Jeremy Shockey. Now, my question here is, am I just bringing this up to hear you guys say Shockey, or uh, do I have something else to say about it? I am going to not indulge you. Oh, <laughs> who am I kidding? Of course I am. Listen, Jeremy Shockey, okay, could play for the Rangers, put on ice skates, play goalie, and they would win seven Stanley Cups in a row. And he would win three Calders and four Vesnias trophies, that is. Because Shockey is the best. I'm getting a Shockey jersey, but it's a Rangers jersey. I got three words for you. Shockey on ice. <laughs> guys, guys, Shockey's awesome. Shockey's Thanks awesome. For <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> This I just want I just want I just want to say something and I'm I'm going to say something I'm going to hang up I'll let you li- uh I'll listen to what you got to say. Uh uh Shockey's awesome. Thanks. Mets suck. Thanks. And Jeter's awesome. Jeter's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Jeremy yo, yo who would win in a fight, Shockey or Jeter? Oh my gosh. If it happened, it'd be like Godzilla and Mothra. What are you talking about? If that could, that would hit each other and the world would explode. <laughs> I have a Jita Shockey jersey. There's an eighty on half of it and a two on the other half. You should see my you should see my tattoo. Forget about it. All I right, get moving laid on. every time in that jersey. <laughs> and moving on. So, that's all I got. Uh do you guys uh, plan on watching the Oscars? I do. I always watch the Oscars. You know, the Oscars are like the Super Bowl for uh, you know, uh, some people. As an, now, act, are you, are you as an actor, I always I, always, I am still a card-carrying SAG member. Yes, I am. 
I am. Do you, do you get to vote in the SAG Awards? Uh, I do. Nice. I do. I am uh, not a member of the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures Arts, uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, however. Mm. And uh, AFTA. I, I am in AFTRA. No NAFTA. <laughs> I am in NAFTA. Are you, are you, well, let me ask you a question. As a, as a, form, a former and current actor, are you uh, the kind of person who tries to see as many Oscar-nominated films as possible? Yeah, you know, pre-Wesley, for sure. Uh, right. Pre-The pre the Little Guy, for sure. This year, I've seen two. Uh, I've seen uh, two of the ten. I've seen... What do you uh, like so far? I, I saw the <laughs> I saw the social network. I saw the end of Toy Story three. Well, let's be honest, that's not winning. And um, for best great picture, movie. and it was a great movie. Niagara Falls at the end of that movie. Um, and uh, what's the other? I saw the Social Network, and I saw that's it. Did you see the I saw Inception also? I saw Inception. Thank you, thank you, Doctor E. Right, <laughs> writing down the movies that I go to see. <laughs> uh, and uh, I liked uh, The Social Network I thought it was very good uh, but uh, I, I really don't have an opinion this is sort of like uh, now would you, have you guys ever done an Oscar pool? never no oh, oh those are fantastic never done an Oscar pool? no no it's good times it's like you know like you fill out a sheet and the most right answers you know wins a wins a maybe perhaps a cash prize wow or perhaps a perhaps a statuette Maybe That's for the real to, gamblers, I'll tell you. Maybe we need to get our buddy Nello out of retirement and have an get something cooking. Have an right? Oscar party, right? Or, or at least run a pool. Have you guys ever been to an Oscar party? No, no. no. <laughs> There's a whole world I lived in for a long time that you guys just have no no idea what's going on in there. Well, well, well did, let me ask you a question. Did either one of you see the fighter? I have not. No, I haven't. Well, is this this is a sports movie technically? I would imagine. Yes, it's boxing. I mean, I mean, is is I don't know if I haven't seen it, but is boxing heavily uh, part of it? Yeah, oh, well, it's about Irish Mickey Ward. It's a. Oh, that's right. I mean, come on. He's a boxer. <laughs> so you said that as if like we hung out with them as kids. I know, right? <laughs> Irish Mickey, what's the matter with you? Come on. <laughs> you remember him and Sally Jack down the block. Uh, now you got to talk like you're from Southie. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've heard it's uh, you know who who saw seven of the ten guys, Big Paulie. Seven of the ten. Wow. Seven of the ten he's got. He said uh, his. Let me were... let me guess which three he didn't see. Go ahead. He did not see Black Swan. No, he did. Really? Yes. The kids are all right. He did not see that. Yes, he did. Oh, I saw the kids are wow. all right. Watched it the other night. Not a best, not a best picture nominee. If there's only five best pictures, no. By the way, but just how about, about if there were seven? <laughs> no, wow. it's it's nine or ten in the ten, the ten nominee category. Wow. Uh, I no, he saw Black Swan. He saw the kids all right. He did not see Toy Story three. He did not see Winter's Bone. I don't think he's alone there. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure the other one. He said best picture is either The King's Speech or True Grit. All right. I'm dying to see True those, Grit. Those are, the, those are the two I'd like to see. Yeah, I'm dying to see True Grit. And I've heard The King's Speech is magnificent. I would like to see 127 Hours, just because I think that whole story is fascinating. That's the third one he didn't see. Okay. 
Maybe a little too grisly for Big Pauly. <laughs> you know, he's like he's a he, he said he's a, that's the one where the, the guy cuts his arm off, right? I said, yeah, there's other things going on in the movie. You know, it's <laughs> not just hundred, not just two hours of the guy sawing his arm. Said <laughs> so they, they managed to tell a little backstory in there. Now yeah. that's not in real time, like uh, the, the program Twenty Four, right? I don't believe it is. I don't believe it. Well, real quick, we got to wrap up, guys. But give me your uh, your best picture uh, prediction, quick. Oh, I I have to say King's Speech just based on the buzz. I haven't seen the movie, but that's right. what I would go with. We're all going strictly on buzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Social Network. I think it's uh, really? I think it's gonna take it. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna say True Grit. I'm gonna say the Cohen brothers do it again, and uh, True Grit. But I I'm gonna say Colin Firth. For the King's Speech. And see, I'm going to say Jeff Bridges. No, no way. Yeah. Two years in a row? Yes. That's nuts. Did you see Crazy Heart? He's going to Hanks it. Yeah, uh, no, I did not. See Crazy <laughs> He's pulled a Hanks? He's going to Hanks it. Wow, unbelievable. Well, we just got this message from Dr. Ray Scott. Uh, I got a bloody nose and I'm out. <laughs> Does that guy know how to leave a room or what? That is the only time we have this week. Thank you for joining us. Please check out our website, www.com. And if you click on the iTunes icon at the top, you can subscribe to this podcast. So you can hear this anytime on. Cal, final unload? My final unload is Welcome to New York, Carmelo Anthony. And I will be watching on Sunday when they take on the Heat. All right. My final unload is uh, James Franco and Hathaway hosting the Oscars. Try, try to do a good job, guys. Please try. Just try to. All right. We'll talk to you folks next week. Thanks for listening, and good night, everybody. Good night, Cal. Good night, Steve. We're out. All right. Well done. I hope Evan's all right. Yeah, he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. Jeez. I know. <laughs> Boy, does he know how to kill a... <laughs> does he know how to kill a conversation? Uh, I thought that was really good. Yeah, it felt good. I thought it was, I thought it was a very, very solid show. And two calls, imagine. We got two calls. I like that. Which Terry listening in Los Angeles can only be good things for us. That's cool. Did you tell him to listen? No. You didn't tell him to listen? No, that was just on the Facebook. He must have, you know, he must have known oh, about it on okay. Facebook. So we're not, we're not live anymore. No, no. You, you okay? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I get blown noses every once in a while. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I got um, Terry to respond to something on Facebook, so I, I told him to call. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, okay. That's great. It's great. And I got, and I got PJ to call with the, uh, the St. John's thing. But uh, we had a bunch of live listens, actually. Oh, yeah? Um, I, we had 11 at the peak of the show. Uh, wow. you know, so we had 13, 13 overall, 11 were for the most of the show, um, but very little in the chat room. Right, um, okay. But 13 live listens is by far and away our most in a long time. 
Yeah, and and that's with you know not even the promotion that we're going to be doing. Guys, I hate to do this. I got to run and go put a bottle together. Yeah, go ahead. Go do All it. Right. I'll talk to you later. I All love right. you. Good show. We'll talk no, tomorrow. Really good show. Yes, excellent. And Ev, great job keeping us on. Yeah, thanks, Ev. Great job. Thank you. All Thank right, you. boys. Later. Later.